So I was standing in a circle, praying with the rest of my youth group at the church. And I just remember all of us gathered around. The pastor was praying intensely, killing it. And somebody said, Mo, why are your eyes open? Close your eyes, fam. And then a few people looked up and they looked at me with disgust and disappointment. And then they went back to closing their eyes. And I'd never felt so judged. And I think even the pastor might have like opened one eye right in the middle of thank you, Lord, right in the middle of saving someone. And all I could think of in that moment was this is some bullshit because the only way that he knew my eyes were open was if his eyes were open. Why are y'all judging me in church? This isn't fair. Nah, they always say it's never the person who hits first that gets caught. It's the person who defends himself. My eyes were open because I had a traumatic experience. All right. I passed out once in church in the middle of prayer. I don't know how it happened. The pastor said the devil came, sat on my chest. That's what he said. I passed out. So, yes, for a little while, I was afraid to close my eyes during prayer. Because I thought it might happen again, especially when I was up in the church. But why was his eyes open? Nobody ever got to the bottom of that. Why were your eyes open to know that my eyes were open? That's the only way you could know. He ain't have to explain that one. But they're going to still judge me every time I go back to the church. I'm terrified to open my eyes at any point when I go back to the church now. I'm walking down the aisles bumping into things because I'm still scared to open my eyes. That's not fair. Anybody ever thought about that? The only way for you to know my eyes open is if your eyes open. Worry about what I'm doing. That's like when you were younger and you would go out with a group of friends and y'all would get into a fight, a little group fight, and y'all get back and it was always that one friend who knew what everybody was doing. Yo, I saw you getting busy. Yo, I saw when they had you in the corner. It was two of them. How'd you see that? Because you weren't doing anything. Now I know who you are. That's the way the church should have treated Jamal. Who told everybody that my eyes were open? How did you see that? Now I know who you are. Leave Mo alone. That's not what happened, though. I didn't get justice. I got judged. Even in the church. Oh. Sometimes you got to commit one crime to get to the next crime, and nobody focuses on the first crime. You sneak into your significant other's phone to find out that they cheating. You can't use that information because you committed a crime to get to the crime. You shouldn't have snuck in the phone. <laughs> you go sneaking around and find something in somebody's house you had no business finding. That's not their fault. That's your fault. You can no longer know that information. If you eavesdrop and catch somebody talking about you, that's not their fault. That's your fault. You wasn't supposed to be listening. <laughs> Is it the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. These are just questions I have. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitchell. Your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. Episode 45. Yes, sir. We in the building another week. You know what time it is. If you're listening to me, that means you're breathing. So shout out to you. Thank you for being here once again. I'm feeling like Mike Jordan when he came back with the 4-5. I don't know why anybody ever thought that was a hot line. Because eventually he had to go back to 23 to get it. Because 45 wasn't, he never felt right. But 
That's where we at, episode 45. Buckle in, because it's about to get ugly. All right. Hope y'all feeling good out there. I'm feeling good as always, but that doesn't mean that I didn't find some things to be mad at. I always do. Let's talk about it. First thing I'm mad at, <laughs> I'm mad at Folgers. <laughs> yes, the coffee company. I'm mad at Folgers. I'm mad at the audaciousness of Folgers. I was talking on the Burt Show earlier this week about how I went back on my word. I did. And I hate going back on my word. Anybody that knows me knows I try to stand on my word. My dad instilled that in me very young. As a man, you got to always keep your word. So I'm adamant about it, no matter what it is. I remember Bert told me when I first started the show, there's no way you're going to be able to keep this up without drinking coffee. I told him, I don't need no damn coffee. A banana and some water. Same thing. I'm good. Coffee is mental. Don't worry about it. Too easy. And I went a few months. I did it. And then, like, slowly but surely, I started to know... I was going in the wrong direction because I would get like a little espresso shot and I would convince myself that don't count. <laughs> That's not like coffee, coffee. Then an espresso shot turned into a double. And I'm like, it still don't count. It's just a double of what didn't count the first time. So it's just a double don't count. Doesn't matter. It's not coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> then we started working from home because of the pandemic. And I was like, okay, I don't have that walk. I don't have that wind to hit me. I need something to like wake me up, snap me out of it. So I got a little cup of coffee and I thought to myself, well, it's just like a, it's a unique situation, you know? It counts, but it doesn't really count. It's not like coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> I don't know why people think if you say something three times, that changed the definition of the word. You ever noticed that? I mean, it's cheating, but it's not cheating, cheating. What? Why do you think if you just say it again, it changes? It's the same word. I mean, I'm late, but I'm not late, late. It ain't like late, late, late. And fam, it's not It's not a late show. What do you mean? It seemed like all of the late night hosts had the same first name at one point. So they started having a late, late show. <laughs> it's not that late, fam. It's the same thing. But whatever. I digress. I break down and I get a coffee machine. And I convince myself that it's really for my mother when she comes into town. But it's not because I've used it already. I've cracked it. I've done research on what the best coffee was. I've done way too much. So I've, I finally have admitted that I am a coffee drinker. Okay, fine. It's it's there. I'm there. But I'm not like a coffee, coffee drinker, you know? <laughs> but yes, I indulge. And so I, I admitted that this week on the show. And for some reason, I'd said something about Folgers one day, and it, it reminded me of the old jingle that you used to hear all the time. Best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. And it hit me. Like, I never thought about it, but... The audacity of Folgers to think that the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup? Fam, the best part of waking up is that I'm alive. Who do you think you are? I don't... <laughs> to think that you're the best part of me waking up. If I'm dead, I can't drink coffee. Then what? It's not you, Folgers. It's not. I'm happy that you're here. But to be the best part, I thought Folgers was out their minds when I really put that together. I loved it as a kid, though. Cute jingle. I'm mad at... I'm mad at this whole Birkin bag trend. I don't get it. This is a thing. Saweetie... We got London on the track. Cool, if you never heard of her, she dates Quavo. 
from Migos. We in our feelings. It's 50, 50 percentage. Attention, we need commitment. We got to both admit it. It's funny, we both. And she made a statement the other day. And she said. If he not getting you a bargain, if he not paying for your bills, then go that to the street. Okay? See, <laughs> this is corny to me. I don't like this. Why do so many people put value in materialistic things? I'll never understand it. Why? And I don't like that people come from places where they had to struggle. And you remember what that was like. And then you make it. You get on. You become successful. You find some money. What have you. And then you say things like, if your man is not getting you a $50,000 bag, then give him to the streets. First of all, I already belong to the streets, number one. So you can't you can't send me back somewhere I belong. And second of all, why all of a sudden you popping because now you can afford a $50,000 bag? I hate this. Listen, if I'm dating you and I give you something that's worth the value of $40,000, $50,000, it'll be property. If that's your lady or if that's your man and you're going to invest in them, you're going to spend forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on them. Get them a business. A little startup joint. Do something that might put them in position to keep creating revenue. What happens if y'all break up? She could still keep growing up. You put her in position. You didn't give her a fish. You taught her how to fish. There's levels to this. That's not dope. Yo, here go a little $40,000 bag. That's it. That stops there. Who'd you help? Who'd you really help? You didn't help the culture. That's not money that's going back to us. You didn't help somebody that was really struggling. You didn't help somebody that was in need. You helped the rich get richer. Congratulations. I don't understand the value in that. I wish that would change. The funny thing about, like, Birkin bags, right? They say you shouldn't comment on it unless you can afford one. Damson Idris, who is otherwise known as Franklin Saint on Snowfall, which is one of my favorite shows ever, and they need to stop playing and come back because I really miss it, but that's not here nor there. It came out and said this. I don't know who needs to hear this. But them Birkin bags look trash. And yes, I can't afford it. I'm so glad he said this. Listen to somebody who can afford it tell you it's whack. It is. One of the things I've learned when it comes to finding value in materialistic things, right, is I remember being broke and spending money to look like I wasn't. (laughs) That's what a lot of people do. That's the truth. When you're broke, you don't want to appear broke. So you spend money on things that you think matter that really don't, that may make you look like you have it when you don't. And I remember an old head used to always tell us on the block, hey, what good is it if you have it on your body but not in your account? Your outfit is worth more than what you have in the bank. And I remember having friends who would be fly as hell, but they couldn't go on vacation when it was time to. What do you value? I wish more people would ask themselves that because they say you don't know if you want it until you can afford it. Okay, that's fair. But I remember wanting to spend money on all of those expensive things. And then when I finally got into a position where I could afford them, I didn't want them. I didn't want them at all. What was the point? There's no point when you can have it. All of a sudden, you don't desire it. One of the first things I noticed when I started moving in different circles, when I started being around people who had real money, real money you would never know they didn't show it i would be in a room with these guys and i would know who they are and what they have and i had on the most jewelry and i was broke (laughs) why why do i have on the most jewelry in this room 
this doesn't make any sense. I got on the biggest watch. You know, I'm the only one with a chain on. They have on Apple watches. No chains. No nothing. Regular belts. Regular, like, nothing fancy. Shoes might have cost 3000 and I didn't know. But outside of that, you wouldn't know. And I realized, oh, this is corny what I'm doing. That was a moment for me. Nah, that's not it. And I, and, and I changed. In that moment, it clicked for me. Now I got to move different. There's no value in this. There's no value in these things I'm putting value into. Which is why I'm glad. I had a beef with Chad Ochocinco, who was a wide receiver in the NFL. I had a beef with him at one point on Twitter. It wasn't a real beef. It was like a little back and forth. I don't like you. I don't like you either. And I made some jokes that he, uh, well, they worked. So he didn't like them too much. But he said something that I'm really glad he said. Because I feel like the next generation of people should hear it. And I got drafted. Obviously, my circle of friends was small. Being from Liberty City, those friends were dudes that were in the street. So what did they already have? Money. Money. Yeah. Well, they was already eating, so I was already around money. Watch how they maneuver. Obviously, I didn't spend that kind of way, but my grandfather was extremely cheap for some reason. And so those, those values and me watching him over the years, for some reason, it was already in me. So once money came, you know, I'm always preaching about being cheap with the jewelry and the watches. I know I talked to you before about never really buying anything real. Everything was always replica. Nothing was ever real. As far Seriously. as... Yeah, always, always. Like, small example. People would always ask, uh, even current athletes today, like, is it serious some of the stuff that I've seen documented? Is it true that you bought everything replica and it wasn't real? I say, yeah, there was no point because the women have already done their Googles. Yeah, so yeah. there's really no need and there's nobody to impress. <laughs> I can get the same, like, uh, hard knocks, where yeah. I got my earrings from. From Claire's. Yeah, I remember that. With a black card. And the whole message was, I'm still rich, I'm still me, I don't really need it. Who am I trying to impress? Yeah. Watches, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. What time is it real quick? Ten o'clock. How much that cost? Nothing. Time is free. So why am I paying for it? What's the point? You already got money. To impress people. Rappers different. They have an image to uphold. But I don't because I'm Ocho. But they also get the fake diamonds. They also I mean, get the they, fake they diamonds too. But I'm, but I'm Ocho. I got to a point in my career, money-wise, I was trying to think of something that I could buy that was bigger than my name alone. It wasn't nothing. This is real. I used to think to myself, when you have millions and people know you do, why would you buy real jewelry? No one will ever question if it's real. You know that they have it. You're not going to look at Kim Kardashian and assume that the jewelry she has on is fake. You're not going to do that. Your mind is going to tell you that probably cost $3 million. But what if she really paid $100 at the mall? <laughs> You'd never know. She could buy a hundred of those and just wear a different one every day and it would still be thousands of dollars cheaper than what we would value it as. And at the end of the day, most of the people who spend all of that kind of money on things they wear, that's what you do it for. Whether you admit it or not, you do it so that other people will value it. It's not just for you because if you were alone, you probably wouldn't spend your time doing it. But they're going to think it's real anyway. It changed my perspective. And now I'm at a place where that just doesn't, that's just not attractive to me. You're going to create this false narrative for, for some women who look up to you and think that's real. And think it's okay to have a man who may cheat on them and, 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 and treat them terribly, but be able to buy him something that's 50000 And now you can stay. And yes, you don't have to go back to the streets. You have a home. That's a horrible mentality. I hope it changes. Um...
No surprise here this week, I'm mad at Drake. Cups of the rose. Bitches in my old phone. I should call Drake is tripping. Drake, is tripping. Drake had a birthday party this week and he had a list of food that he wanted. And on the list was mac and cheese with a lot of things in it. A lot of things that have no business in mac and cheese. I don't remember them. I didn't go back and look them up. But I know one of those things were raisins. <laughs> Fam, why are there raisins in your mac and cheese, Drake? I forgave you for a lot, bro. I did. I defended Drake through a lot of shit. I refuse to defend him for wanting raisins in mac and cheese. Somebody asked me, well, what should you put in mac and cheese? It's the one food that tells you exactly what goes in it. Mac and cheese. <laughs> Don't try to get fancy. It's telling you who it is. It's explained. It comes with instructions. There's a manual. There's two people. Look at it like a storybook for kids. There was Mac and there was cheese. Raisins ain't got shit to do with that story, man. <laughs> The hell is wrong with you? <sighs> Why would you put raisins in mac and cheese? What are you doing? That is not God's plan. Nowhere near it. I don't mind a raisin in a lot of things. I don't mind a raisin in a son. I don't mind you being an incredible parent, raising your kids. I don't mind if you do well at your position and it happens to be one that you got a raisin. I don't mind any of that. But ain't, ain't gonna be no raisins and no mac and cheese, fam. I'm slapping that off the table if I'm at the party. I am. I'm just getting kicked out. It's fine. You started from the bottom and that you here. You ain't get far. Because if that's where you at, something off. Um, I'm mad at the afterlife. <laughs> I'm mad at the afterlife because I connected something. I spoke to y'all last week or maybe it was the week before. Y'all know I got a bad memory. Now is not the time to be judging me. But I spoke to y'all about how... I was mad because they say that when your loved ones are trying to get your attention from the other side, that what they do is they leave pennies and nickels around the house or where they know you're going to see them. And I said I was mad because, I mean, while I'm grateful that you're going all the way out your way to deliver me a message, I don't understand why you would do all of that for a penny. I just... That didn't make sense to me. I thought of something else as I was watching some ghost show the other day, you know, and getting in the Halloween spirit. And they said something about footprints in the yard. And they were the boots that the guy used to wear. And so they had people come into the house and ask him questions. And they could hear like these really loud footsteps that sounded exactly like the person's boots used to sound when they would come into the house because he would always have on these boots when he came home from work. And me, the way that I am, it upset me because I thought to myself, that's not fair. I never thought about it, but y'all know I'm a sneakerhead. I never wear the same pair of sneakers two days in a row. I just can't. I don't want to get morbid here, but I don't know what pair of sneakers I'm going to have on when it's my time, and I don't want to be stuck with those forever. That might not have been my best choice. 
Sometimes you just put on some sneakers to go somewhere. That ain't like the pair you want to have on for eternity. I think a lot of us got like a shirt or some sneakers. Some you going to be like, wait a minute, I can't change these, God? I, don't... <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't prepare to die today. So um, I didn't want to have this on. Is there any way you could give me like five minutes? Just five minutes. I'm not gonna do nothing crazy. No, I'm not even gonna go. I'm not even gonna go talk to anybody. I just don't really want to have these on. I would, I would, I would literally have this conversation at the gates. I know y'all gonna judge me for that. I don't care. I don't care. I'm telling y'all what it would be like for me at the gates. I am mad at the afterlife. Last thing I'm mad at. We had a segment this week on the show where a caller called and. She said that she was calling on behalf of her friend because her friend was in a relationship with a guy who she likes, but she's what they called a size queen. I never heard the term. It was a new term to me, but apparently it is a woman who needs a well-endowed man in order to be satisfied. She's not here for nothing else. Cool. So he didn't necessarily have the tool that she needs in order to be satisfied. So she didn't know what to do. So her friend called up and asked us. And I gave advice the first time, and my advice was, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, what he has is what he has, and there is no sensitive way to tell him otherwise. Maybe if you really want to try to keep the relationship going, then I would find other ways to get him to do more outside of that. Use his other abilities, his other tools. But don't just tell him, we need you to do this because your dick is small, Roger. Like, don't do that. Do it, like, in a way where it's like, baby, I want you to try more in the bedroom, right? So, cool. That was the advice I gave. The next day they called, my mic stopped working, and I couldn't get this point off, and I was mad about it. Because as I thought about it, I thought to myself, that's foul. You know what's foul about it? (laughs) She didn't want to tell him that he got a little penis. All right, fine. You don't want to tell him. You don't want to embarrass him. But then (laughs) you don't tell him But you turn around and tell all your friends, (laughs) like, come on, that's not foul. Is that okay? If you, if you go and tell all your friends, you might as well tell him too. (laughs) I mean, because at least telling him might get you somewhere. Maybe telling him something will come of it. Maybe you'll reach some kind of solution in the problem, right? Or you can just go and buy these extensions that Bert was talking about. I've, I've never heard of them. But either way, what is telling your friends going to do? And I thought about how he's never going to know this. But I'm sure at some point, they're all together. Some kind of function, right? Where her friends are there. No one's going to say anything, but all the women there are thinking it. Hey, Teresa and Little Dick are here. <laughs> That's exactly what you're thinking when you see Roger. Don't pretend like it's not. That's all you know about him. It's exactly, it's who he is now to her friends. Now, if you're going to leave him, I guess none of this matters. But if you're going to stay with him, those jokes are getting off, I would imagine. If you marry him now, oh, it's going to be some jokes. But I'm mad at that. If you're not going to tell him, don't tell anybody. Or tell everybody, I don't care. Either way, I just had to be mad at it. All right, let's do some shout-outs. First and foremost, shout-out to Whitney Houston. 
Whitney Houston is not only my favorite voice of all time, but she just became the first black artist to earn third Diamond album. Amazing. Obviously well-deserved. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Whitney Houston because uh, that's one of those that never go away. Shout-out to Whitney. That's incredible. All right, let's get down to business. So to be honest with y'all, normally right here I talk about some things going on in the celebrity world, but there's really nothing going on this week that I felt like was really worth diving into. It feels like a lot of the same. Some some Cardi talk, some Meg talk, Twitter's talking about Birkin bags. It's uh, nothing that intriguing. So I figured, why not just tell y'all an embarrassing-ass story that I've never told before? And... <laughs> Yeah, here's a podcast in the moment exclusive. We about to be in the moment for real. I'm going to tell y'all this story about the time that I passed out and shitted myself. <laughs> All right, hold up. <laughs> I um I mean, I didn't I didn't really shit myself, but perception is reality, and I'll never convince the people that might have saw me different. So, so here's what happened. I'm in like my mid-20s at this point. And like a lot of us in our mid-20s, I got big dreams and aspirations, and I want to do big things. And it's not working out for me, so I'm stressed. (laughs) And I'm in New York at this time, hanging out with my guys. We all decide to go out, right? And at this point in my life, I was not a smoker at all. That was not my thing. I just wanted to have a couple drinks, go home, mind my business. But I was stressed. It was one of those nights I was just stressed. So I go out with my dude, and he's a performer. He sings, takes his guitar places, and just pretty much starts performing and doesn't say no to a gig. Doesn't matter what it is. So this night, we end up at some loft, and it was a shit ton of people in this place. Everybody's drinking, everybody's smoking, and it's just me, him, a couple other dudes. I don't know anybody else, but... There was a little stage, and I guess everybody was going to get up there and do their thing. So I didn't care. I'm just there to support my guy and have a good time. Next thing I know, this circle starts passing blunts around, and I'm thinking, why not? And it's literally the last time I've ever smoked blunts with a stranger because I didn't really know the guy. Like, I knew my dude, but I didn't really know his guys like that. But I just figured, you know, it's my friend. Those are his friends. We're all friends. It's good. Now, I don't know if it's just because I didn't smoke a lot or they were smoking some different shit. I don't know. All I know is I went to a place I've never been at that time and I've never been back to. I hit that blunt a couple times. Ha <laughs> ha. Gave it back. Ha <laughs> ha. Gave it back. Immediately. Saw things. Don't know what they were. But I saw them. I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it to y'all. The air changed. It did. Just like it kind of happens in the movies. That little glare happened when the camera is still trying to find itself. I couldn't really see, but I could see. Then I kind of liked the feeling, like, but then I didn't. Felt like I was taking off in a hot air balloon. I looked down, my feet were still on the ground. A whole lot of weird shit happening, man. I don't know how else to explain it to you. Just let me walk you through this, all right? So there I am, I'm young. I'm thinking I'm invincible. Even though I feel this feeling, I'm still thinking I'm fine. So I got my little Henny with me. I'm drinking the Henny. Bow. This is about to be a night to remember. My man next to me takes his shirt off. Have no idea why. I started to realize that that was just his thing. Every time we would go perform somewhere, his shirt was always off right before he went on to the stage. I don't know. So now my man's next to me with a guitar and no shirt on. Really doesn't get much better than this. He goes on stage. Starts to do his thing. Next thing I know, it starts to get really hot. I'm sweating. I'm like, something's not right. 
I knew I was about to pass out. Now, I've spoken on the show before about how I've had moments in life when I've just passed out. This was one of those times where I don't know if I passed out for health reasons or if it simply was because I was doing a whole lot of things I had no business doing. Either way, I knew it was coming. So my thought process was, let me get out of this big ass loft, at least into the hallway or somewhere where I'm going to feel safe passing out. I don't want to pass out around a bunch of people I don't know. It, it was almost like a video game because things started to get blurry for me. And I'm like, I probably have about 45 seconds until complete shutdown. That's what I'm thinking to myself. So I can hear I can hear the ticking in the back. I'm like, I got to go. I got to figure it out. So I'm moving people. Oof. I can hear people going, damn, fam. Not right now, player. Got a mission. Oof. I get to the door. I remember getting into this hallway. Now, I need y'all to understand, this is a building in New York City. It was like graffiti everywhere. It's very dark. This It was like a scary movie set. And I'm going to post pictures, in fact. I'm going to find the pictures. And for those who want to really see this scene, I'm going to post the pictures on my Instagram. Y'all will see it. I remember seeing a door. And I remember thinking to myself, get to that door. Because I thought that door was the stairwell. And I knew I wasn't going to pass out long. In my mind, I'm like, I'm either going to die or I'm going to pass out for a little bit. If I die, it doesn't really matter. If I pass out for a little bit, nobody might know. That was my goal. Just to pass out, get up, go back into the party and pretend like nothing happened. And I remember getting to the door. That's all I remember. I don't remember anything else. Everything goes black. When I come to, I'm sitting on the stairs. And I don't know where the hell I am. The room is dark as hell. But it's just enough light coming from somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe it was like a window on the lower level, with just enough that I can see the door to get out. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go to stand up, right? Like, I come to my senses, I go to stand up. And as I go to stand up, my jeans kind of rip, almost. I can feel them stuck to something on the stairs. So I get up, and my jeans don't. My jeans go, no, not yet. And I go, no, right now. My jeans go, no. And then I'm like, shit, I think I ripped my jeans. And I look down, and to this day, I don't know how to explain what I was sitting on. But it was pretty much like half wet, half dry cement. <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know what it was. It, it didn't smell like shit, but that's pretty much what it looked like. And it got stuck to my jeans, and it just made a stain. It didn't rip the jeans like I thought it did. It just made this stain that it pretty much looked like I shit it on myself. It really did. It was phenomenal. The universe did an amazing paint job on my ass. You can't make this shit up, man. So I get up, and I can kind of see it, but I can't really see it. So I have to, like, turn my jeans around a little bit. And I'm like, okay, you got to be shitting me. But then I'm just happy to be alive because I don't really know what the hell just happened to me. So in my mind, I'm like, I got to get some water. But I'm, I'm deep in the city. Let me try to get to my guy. So I get up. I walk down the stairs and I open the door and I, I see the hallway and I'm like, all right, I really didn't know exactly which door was the party, but I have to figure it out at this point. I go to pick up my phone and in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to text my dude and tell him, yo, something crazy happened. I got to go. Right as I'm going to do that, I see that he already texts me. Where are you? We're leaving. Soon as that happens, the door opens and mad people start walking out in the hallway. And then they start walking toward me. 
I said, I'm fucked. I'm going to forever be the guy who shitted himself at the loft party. That's me. I'm the guy who shitted. And they're walking toward me and I didn't know what to do. I'm like, do I give them my back? Obviously not. So now I'm awkwardly just standing there staring at them walking toward me. It's just a crowd of people leaving. And they're looking at me like, why is this idiot just standing there like that? And in my mind, I'm like, because I'm shitty right now. That's why. You don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. Another example of don't judge someone because you don't know their situation. The universe painted shit on my ass, and that's not even a thing, but y'all are going to make it one, so I'm staring at you. They're walking past me, and then I hear the rumbles, and then I see my boy come out. Yo, what happened, son? I'm like, nah, let's just get out of here, kid. Don't even worry about it. Some came up, so we start to leave, and then I purposely waited until everybody who I knew was a part of the circle was in front of me. And then we start walking, and then some dude... Like, I guess he calls himself being, like, helpful. He goes, hey, man, looks like you got some shit on your ass, bro. Hey, yo, fam, you're my guy. <laughs> Why are you loud? You're, yo, relax. You're very loud. I mean, if it's shit on my ass, chances are I know. That's that's just the chances. And if if I don't, I don't want you to be the guy to tell me. I don't. I don't want you to be the guy. Go about your business. And he didn't, I mean, if you really want to help me, whisper it. Yo, my man, you got shit on your ass. I would have hit you with the, huh? Yo, 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 shit on your ass. I done figured it out, though. Yo, I don't know if you notice. All right, but now everybody notices. Why do they always do that when you're at the supermarket? Sir, your card is declined. All right, okay. Well, you want to put it on the loudspeaker? I don't think they heard you in aisle 49. The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> You go to the bank. Sir, you don't have that to take out. I know I don't. I was trying to check. I thought maybe a miracle happened. You don't have to tell everyone else, though. It's one of those situations. There's shit on your ass. Thanks. Thanks. That's normally where shit is. Thanks. And then all of them look. Next thing I know, my boy grabs my jeans. Mad aggressive. Yo, let me see. Yo, don't grab my... <laughs> Yo, get off my jeans, fam. Nah, let me see, son. Let me see. We're fighting now. Like, nah, I'm good. I know there's not shit on my ass. I'm confident. You don't have to look. And then he, he out-aggressives me. Now I realize why he never has a shirt on. He's strong. And he's seeing, he looks. He's like, oh, oh. And everybody, oh, oh. Yo, you all right? Yo, what happened? Yo, you shitted on yourself, B. This is crazy. Yo, Mo. Yo, first of all, everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. It's not shit, man. Yo, that's crazy. I just told you it's not shit, so it's not crazy. What was it? I passed out in the hallway. You passed out and shitted yourself? That's not what I said. Yo, you probably don't realize it because you was passed out, B. Fam, I know if I shitted myself, bro, like... It's not shit. I could take you out to the stairs right now. And now you don't have to do that. Let's just get you home. Fam, I'm trying to tell you I didn't shit myself. Why would y'all think I'm lying? Mo, you don't have to explain nothing to us, fam. We got you. We ain't going to tell nobody. There's nothing to tell. Fine. Till this day, <laughs> I think that they all believe I really shat myself. Is that it? Is that it? Is it shat? I don't know what it is. Judges? Okay. It's one of those situations where you, you can't, there's nothing you can do.
it is what it is, but it's not what it is. We get down to the car. My man is like, yo, you sure it's dry? I'm like, what, man? What? You want me to get an Uber? He's like, nah, I just want you to make sure it's dry. How am I do that? Yo, touch it. I'm not touching it. You discovered it. You touch it. You was genuine 10 minutes ago. Mad aggressive. Like you wanted to be in my jeans. Now you don't want to touch it? I'm not touching it. Put, put me in the car. That's the business this week. <laughs> oh, man, but I promise y'all I didn't, man. It really was the stairs. Now y'all don't believe me. Whatever. It's fine. Moving on. All right, let's get into these rappers again. I started a segment last week where I told y'all I'm going to keep calling out these rappers and these singers who say these crazy things in songs that they don't get called out for it. Let's get into it. Yeah, I pull up at the club, I don't think he got the credit he deserved for this line, man. I don't think he did. Boosie didn't get it. How many friends have you ever had in your life that would have pulled up gas tank on E, drinks on me, wipe me down? Fam, I had a lot of friends with full gas tanks that still wasn't buying me a drink. This man don't even have enough money to put gas in the whip, but it still drinks on him, which means a lot of things. First of all, he cares about you, clearly. Number two, you should be grateful that he made it because the gas tank was on E. Everybody was going to have to pay for their own drinks. It was very close. Third of all, he has to realize that he has no way of getting home now because more than likely if the gas tank is on E because he's buying y'all drinks, he don't have no money to put in the gas tank anymore. His car don't work. Second of all, y'all can't take him home. Y'all all drunk off his money. Third of all, he can't get an Uber for the same reason he can't put gas in his own car. He don't have the money. This man is still at the club today. Everybody else has probably moved on with their life. He's still there. And none of y'all probably wiped him down. That's all the man was asking. All that for a wipe down? Now, I wouldn't have wiped him. I never really understood that. Don't look at me in the club and ask me to wipe you down. I'm not. Like when this song used to come on, I ain't gonna lie, I got confused at somebody from up north. I know in the south it was popping. My man used to look at me and do the little wipe dance with his sneakers and then like look at me like I was gonna wipe his sneakers. Like I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm wiping my own sneakers. Because if I die tonight, I gotta wear these forever. So I'm wiping the hell out of these sneakers. Wipe it out. Who's next? Who's next? She say, do you love me? I tell her only partly. I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. Clearly you love raisins, fam. I hate liars. I hate liars. And y'all should have never let Drake get away with this line in the first place. Everybody used to be in the club at the same time. She say, do you love me? I tell her only partly. I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. Really? Everybody loves something more than they bed and they mama. Stop with the lies, man. I ain't gonna lie, I said it too until I really thought about it. You don't love your daddy? You don't love your pets? You don't love yourself? You don't love Jesus? How you only love your bed and your mama? That's it? You don't love your significant other? Your husband, your wife, your friends? Your PS5? As much as some of y'all be on y'all damn phones, you don't love your phone? Huh? Eight plus hours of screen time a day, but you only love your bed and your mama. Stop lying. Drake, you love a whole lot more than that. You love Courtney from Peachtree? Stop it, man. I only love my bed and my mama. You love raisins enough to ruin mac and cheese. Mention raisins next time. Who's next? Who's next? It took my bins and keyed and cut the leather. Bitch, you know better. Be the M.O.B. 
Money over bitches, murder, INC. I got two or three hoes for every V. And I keep you drugged up off that ecstasy. Yo, I can't believe y'all let Ja Rule get away with this. Ja, Ja, you can't just openly admit that you keep them drugged up off the ecstasy. Like, what kind of lyrics were rappers getting away with at this time? Can you just say that? You can't admit that. That's why Ja had his shirt off every concert. He couldn't wait to get you drugged up. Him and my man Lou Fly would have had a shirt off contest every time they performed. And I don't know who would have won. It's a good bet. Who's next? Who's next? Yeah, I know you're laughing. Those of you who heard pain. Yeah, you're right. I sure did. I said I'd never take him back again. Well, it's a woman's prerogative to change your mind, isn't it? But we do it all the time. Don't laugh. You probably done the same thing, too. It's just that you know me and I don't know you. You know, one thing time has taught me that having a piece of man is better than having no man at all. So I'm going to just take what I got and work with it. You understand what I mean? This is the one I was waiting for. First of all, shout out to Betty Wright because she's a legend. Back in the day, music was just different. Betty just stopped and talked to you on the track. Barry White was famous for this. Orange Juice Jones. So instead, I chill. That's right. Chill. Then I went to the bank. Took out every dime. And then I went and canceled all those credit cards. They just stopped and talked to your ass. Like, no singing, no nothing. Come here. Let me talk to you. Sit your ass down while the beat is on and let me tell you something you ain't never knew about your life. Talk for four minutes and the song already six. That's a ten-minute song and you ain't even know it. You be done worked out, made breakfast, sent the kids to school. Look up. Betty's still on the same song. You think it's the album. Nope. Just the song. Same song. You ain't even heard the whole album. It's people that bought Betty Wright first album. They just finished listening to it. <laughs> Last week, just got through the last song because every song was 10 years. But I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that as a compliment because that's how beautiful music was. Then you got lessons, you got pain, you got all of that. And I miss it. And Betty said, Betty said having a piece of man is better than not having a man at all. Ladies, that's true. Is having a piece of man better than not having a man at all? Betty was talking to y'all. She said, don't laugh. It ain't funny. Betty was dropping jewels in this song, though. You know what else Betty said I thought was real? And don't you remember thinking back just a few years when people used to try to help you stay together? They find out you were on the verge of breaking up. They used to cook up a little food and throw a little party and whisper things in your ear like, Don't blame Mr. Charlie. Mr. Charlie is just a man and he's doing the best he can. I heard him say, Don't blame Mr. That is a fact. Back in the day, they used to give you advice to tell you, man, work it out. Stick together. I think that's some truth in that. I feel like back in the day, you used to go to somebody and talk about what you was going through. They would encourage you to stick it out. Work it out. Don't blame Mr. Charlie. Why y'all blaming Mr. Charlie? Mr. Charlie ain't did nothing. Mr. Charlie trying, man. Mr. Charlie out here trying to do the best he can. Y'all got to back up off Mr. Charlie. Nowadays, it ain't Mr. Charlie. It's Offset. Don't give a damn about that baby seat. Leave him. He a grown man who can't sit his ass down. <laughs> they don't give a shit about Mr. Charlie today. Shout out to the queen, Betty Wright. 
All right, I'm going to do one moment of the week, and it's going to be ironic. The most ironic moment of the week. I saw this tweet, and the tweet made me think about this, because I've seen this a lot, and it's always made me wonder, like, how do people justify this? The tweet said, one of my dudes DM'd Alexis Sky. Quote, you're beautiful. Bitch, that turned me off. Not that she ain't beautiful, but bitch, WTF, you in her DM. She ain't never gonna answer you. And why the hell you telling another woman she beautiful? I don't care because I'm petty. <laughs> and this went viral. Rightfully so. It's funny. Okay, cool. I ain't mad at the fact that she got mad that dude said another woman was beautiful. That's petty. But it's beautifully petty. I respect the game. What I'm mad at is the fact that that's how it all ended, right? That she felt some kind of way that dude said Alexis Sky was beautiful. But it started with her saying, and I quote, one of my dudes. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get jealous of what one of your dudes do. I used to have a homeboy who used to legit get jealous at things his side chick did. I used to think it was so psycho. And we would like really debate this. I would be like, fam, you can't be serious. And he would be like, what you mean? You, I'm like, you can't be jealous off of things your side chick does. She's your side chick. And he'd be like, it don't matter. It don't matter. She's dealing with me. And she know what time it is, so she can't be out here wilding. I'm like, you got to be the most narcissistic individual of all time to think that your side chick don't get to have a side dude. Like, what... What part of the game is that? He thought I was crazy. I thought he was crazy. Maybe I am. Because this tweet tells me that even if you are one of mine, you can't think someone else is cute. <laughs> That's wild. I'm not subscribing to whatever magazine that is. I can't do it. All right. Before I get out of here, I'm going to leave y'all with the quote of the week. 2020 has been a tough year. We're coming around the corner, going into 2021, and you'd be a fool to think that as soon as 2021 get here, it's just going to be all rainbows and smiles. It's probably not. It's going to be a rough transition, and it usually is when you're coming out of something so tragic so quickly. That's that's just the way it works, right? But I feel like throughout these times, it's very easy for a lot of us, for whatever reason, to get depressed, to be down, to lose motivation, to lose inspiration, to lose hope, to lose courage, to lose faith, all of those things. It's easy. It's an easy time to do it. Some of us are alone. Some of us are battling so many different things on a daily basis, just by the minute, every single time. I know. I get it. I hear you when you reach out to me. I got family struggling. I got friends struggling. I got my own struggles. We are all struggling with something. Those struggles may be different. They're all struggles. So if you're in that place and you're looking for some form of inspiration, I'd like to give it to you with the quote of the week. And it's not going to be a rainbow quote. It's not going to be one of those everything is going to be all right quotes, even though you know everything is going to be all right. The truth of the matter is sometime you got to dance in the rain. That's what it is. You do. I hit up one of my good friends the other day, and I was reminded of that. I asked him how he was doing, and he responded to me the same way he always does. I'm doing great. Life is wonderful. And I told him, I said, man, it's amazing to me how no matter any time I hit you up, you are always doing great. Even at a time like this, you are always doing great. I love that energy. And he said, life has been crazy good, my dude. Amazing. I, and I said, I'm happy to hear it. You've had nothing but seasons of blessings in these times, and I hope it continues. And he said to me, I've been having nothing but blessings my entire life. Breathing is a blessing, my brother.
Does it rain? Yes. Do I enjoy the storm? Absolutely. Even during and after it all, the rain makes the sun just that much sweeter. Energy flows where your focus goes. I focus on where I want to be, not necessarily where I am. So yeah, the season of blessings is eternal. Shout out to my man, Jay Boogie. Um, That was inspiring. Because sometimes you need to be reminded that it's not always going to be an easy season. It's not always going to be peaches and cream. The bed won't always be full of roses. That doesn't mean that you will not eventually get out of that bed and venture into better times and better things. We have to learn to dance in the rain because things won't always be easy, but they will always be worth it because if you're breathing, it's a blessing. And the quote I'm going to leave you with to summarize all of that is life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. If the rain happens to be here, keep dancing. The storm will pass. Next week, bitch. I'm looking in the mirror at this one.